Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal. I'm Christy Brower here with my co-host Katie Weaver. Hello. We're so excited to be joining you this week. We have been on a quite a journey with a case and this week we're going to deviate to something else. So yeah, we'll get to that in a minute, but we it's kind down of down the Vallow rabbit hole. Have we ever, we have been down the Valor rabbit hole and we're taking a break because things have kind of quieted down with that case and we're going to hit something else. But first we wanted to do a little check-in. So Katie, how are you? I'm great. I'm, uh, I was busy before the show making a big salad to take to your house. (laughs) We're having a barbecue this afternoon. Yes, we are. It is currently 73 degrees at 1.10 PM at our house, which is pretty fabulous for where we live, gotta say. It could be snowing, you know. We'll we'll take this. Yes, I keep hearing in other parts of the world, you know, country, they've been getting some snow and colder than regular temps. And here we are, and you know, it's basically been paradise. So yeah. Yeah, it really has. It's been great. So I'm excited about that, excited to be outside. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Me too. And I know my salad's going to be good because my kids were watching me making it going, hmm. Do we have to wait to eat that? Hmm. <laughs> That's going to be, are you putting that in there? Oh, so <laughs> like an Italian style green salad, Ooh. you know, I put pepperoni and olives and cheese and tomatoes on it. Yeah. So, should be. And I'll then I made homemade know ranch. how it turned out because it sounds fantastic. Ooh, even homemade yeah. ranch. Nice. Yeah. I made my famous homemade ranch. So yeah, Ooh. there's no hidden Valley in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there isn't mine, but not because I eat it. <laughs> my no. kid is my kid is addicted to it. So he's you know. basically swimming pools of it. Yeah. Uh he really does. It's weird. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, it's all good. I've been planting yeah. flowers and it's so good. Actually, so my daughter, uh, Matea, is in Boise going to school. And yeah. she has created or formed an addiction to plants that is uh even worse than mine or her dad. Really? Which says a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does say and, a lot. You guys have a lot of plants. Mm-hmm. And she has just fallen in love with plants and with growing things. And she called me yesterday. Uh, Ross finally opened. And Ross and Gordman's are her favorite stores on the planet of Earth. Oh, yes. And Ross finally opened. And she went in there all masked up and safe and prepared. And discovered that their pots were all like crazy marked down. Oh, but she found something for me that I have been looking for for years. And it is a little planter that looks like a bike. Oh, and the seat is a basket. And then it has a basket on the front of it. You know, that's a basket. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. (laughs) To put wave petunias or something in, you know. Anyway, I have wanted one of those forever. So she called me and said, hey, guess what I found and bought you. So she'll be home next week. And I'm just so freaking excited well how fun that is very exciting yeah so anyway i am also in plant heaven or hell but well good as i have stated before i have two very black thumbs when it comes to plants (laughs) uh so yeah good good Mm. good on you that you can grow them Mm because i you know i'm actually i'm not that great with flowers i'm hoping here's hoping i can grow a vegetable you know to yeah to rival the green giant, but when it comes to uh, <laughs> to flowers, I am no mom. Our mom, oh my God, the woman grew flowers like you oh, can't believe. she did. My indoor house plants do great. Our garden stuff does great, but my flowers struggle. So I'm, you know, trying to turn over a new thumb this year and 
we'll see. We'll see how they do. Well, I'm impressed. I can't. Lots wait of to good see. vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, I yeah. guess it's just a creative day because I did a big yeah. rearrange of my office. If you're watching the show, you will note that I have a much tidier background. We rearranged my office and moved my desk so that you're not actually seeing the entire room mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm on uh, the show because my office is kind of a multi-purpose room when it comes to stuff in here and it feels really good to have it clean and, mm -hmm. and more organized I've been feeling a little uh, uh, like I can't take the clutter anymore like the chaos mm -hmm. in my office gets overwhelming and then I don't want to be in here mm -hmm. uh, and that's not good because I work in here this is my office where I actually do my job as well yeah. as our podcast so mm -hmm. yeah important for me to be able to get in here and do what I need to do so for sure I had yeah. some fun with that today well yeah. very good I love it yeah, so I'm sure I'll see it whenever yes. I'm at Christie's house uh, because I work on a psychic hotline. And so uh, yeah. when I'm at my sister's houses, I always go ahead and stay logged in and work because they both have great offices I can borrow to take a call. So I always love coming in your office. Go going in your office is a bit of a, a crapshoot. Yeah. You have a cat that steals your office chair mm -hmm. and you can't move her. First of all, she weighs about 150 pounds. Yeah, she's a big girl. <laughs> Second of all, if I try to move her off of the chair, she will give me the what for. So, uh -huh. you know, many times I've been in your office and had to just kind of stand or find somewhere else to perch myself because she's not giving up that chair. But <laughs> anyway, I'll probably be in that office at some point today. <laughs> she is super naughty. Well, you'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, she uh, actually yeah. fights me for my office quite regularly. I think she's uh -huh. quite sure it's actually her office. Uh -huh. so. Well, I, I'm I not think sure it, what she's doing with it, except for sleeping in it. But mm -hmm. well, it's her office. That's what she is doing yeah. her work. She is quite <laughs> sure. Yes, she is. Yep. Yeah. Well, why don't we jump into today's case? Yes. Today we are going to cover the Delphi murders. So the Delphi murders are uh, the uh, the the killing of Abby Williams and Libby German. Now, this is a sad case. This is a really tough one because it's kids. And, you know, I, I, it, there, it's always sad. But when it's kids, I think it's much worse. Yeah. And, and this is a fairly recent case. This happened in 2017 and oh. is currently uh, unsolved. So we're going to do this as a cold read case because you know that we uh, – this is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. And so we mm -hmm. like to do uh, cold reads. And so Katie has not studied this case. She doesn't know anything else about it other than what I just said. And so I'm going to give the case and give some of the information. And then Katie's going to give us her cold read. What does she think happened to these girls? What does she think about who the killer is? That kind of stuff. Whatever whatever you want to share with us, we'll give. So mm -hmm. I'm going to tell the story first. Before we go first. further, mm. will you do me one quick favor? Will you just yes. tell me their names one more time? I just want yes. to write them down so I have them clearly. So we have Abigail Abby Williams. Okay. And Liberty... Libby German. Okay. But they went by Abby and Libby. Abby and Libby is what they went by. Okay. So Abby Williams. This mm -hmm. is just, it, it's important to my process. For sure. And Abby was 13 and Libby was 14. All right. Carry okay. on. Okay. So this happened on February 13th, 2017. Uh, Abby and Libby were dropped off at a trailhead. Their older, uh, let's see, Libby's older sister, Kelsey, dropped them off at a trailhead. Uh, this was near the Hoosier Heartland Highway. This is in Indiana. 
Okay. So the girls were hiking on something known as the Monin High Bridge over Deer Creek. So apparently this is a, a well-known uh, place with a, a, a well-known trail. It's a place that a lot of people go. They like to go hiking there. Yeah. That's, that's where they were last seen was going over the, the Monin High Bridge over Deer Creek. So they were reported missing at 5.30 p.m. that day because they didn't meet the family member that was to pick them up at the end of the trail. And how, how soon should they have come across that at five 30? So they were supposed to be there at five 30. Yeah. Family member. So they didn't wait for hours. No, uh -uh. they just, they didn't show up. Family members got immediately concerned and reported it to the police. Mm -hmm. So the police, um, kind of did a search of the area initially didn't really think it was anything other than maybe the kids, the girls were just lost or they just, you know, lost track of time. They weren't that concerned about it until the next day about noon where, when their bodies were found and they were found only about a half a mile east of that Monin high bridge, which is where their family member, their sister, the sister that had dropped them off was the last time they'd been seen. So they only got like a half a mile from that bridge. Okay. So this is an interesting case because it is still open. And because of that, a lot of information has not been released. One of the things that hasn't been released is the details of how they died. That has not been released to the public. So we know they were murdered. We know they found their bodies, but there is Mm -hmm. no information about how that happened. Wow. Yeah. But there, there's some interesting things about this. So um, about February 15th, so just a couple of days after they were found, police started circulating a still image of a person that was seen on the Monin High Trail Bridge, High Bridge Trail, uh, near where they were, their bodies were found. So I'm going to send you that picture right now, Katie, uh-huh. so that you can take a look at it. So it should be in your messages. Okay. It's kind of a grainy picture. Um, the person is looking down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your immediate uh, read on this? On whether he was involved or not? Mm-hmm. I believe that he was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they did name him the prime suspect mm-hmm. in the in the double homicide a few days after this picture was released. And I'm going to wait till the end to tell you why that is the case. Um, later on, they did release a composite sketch. Now this is interesting because they have this grainy photograph, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then they release a composite sketch of this person's face. So I'm going to send you that. Mm-hmm. That ought to be in your DM. So now you can kind of mm-hmm. see um, his face. Mm-hmm. Interestingly that it's a composite sketch and not another photograph. Like where, did this sketch come from? You know what I'm saying? Well, they had to have had a witness that. The only thing that's weird to me about the picture and the sketch is that the hair is so different. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to tell because I think in the picture, the person is wearing a hat. Maybe. It's hard oh, to tell. Maybe? because it's it, pretty That grainy. looks like. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Um. The, the composite sketch came from an eyewitness who saw this particular hiker on the trail on the day that the girls vanished. So it wasn't necessarily 
they didn't witness what happened. They just right. saw this person on the trail. But they are mm -hmm. implying that these are the same person in the photo and the composite sketch. Right. Yeah. So then, um, oh, also in February, later in February, law enforcement release an audio recording where they say it is the voice of the assailant. Now, this mm -hmm. is really strange. We're going to get to why this is in a minute. But um, so we're going to play it for you. It's very brief. So we're going to play it three times in a row. Katie hasn't heard it yet. She's going to hear it right now. And uh, that will then, then we'll see what you have to, what you think about it. And then I'll talk a little bit about where it came from. Okay. So uh, everybody just take a minute and listen. And afterward, if you're not sure what the person was saying, I can tell you what the person was saying. So we're just going to take a listen to that. Okay, so that was what is believed to be the voice of the assailant, the voice of the man that killed Abby and Libby. Uh -huh. Now, it's pretty muffled. It's pretty hard to hear. But what the police have deciphered from this is they think that he says guys, and then he says down the hill. Guys, something down mm -hmm. the hill. Down the hill. Yeah. What is your hit when just what what's your like visceral reaction when you hear that? That to me is him luring these girls away, getting them mm -hmm. off the trail. I feel like my my first hit initially here a few minutes ago was that he got them off the trail by asking for their help. Ah, okay. Okay. Ask, can I, can I just get you guys to come help me for a minute? Kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like he, you know, had some story about something that he, it's kind of the age old story. Like, you know, can you help me find my missing puppy kind of thing? You know, right. that yeah. he seemed, you know, approachable. He kind of looked like a big brother, you know, and mm -hmm. he got them off the trail because that trail I think was fairly well traveled and was considered to be a safe place. I don't think either of the families yeah. of these girls uh, thought that they were putting them in any danger. In fact, I really wonder if they've done this trail before. It just feels extremely familiar, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I do feel like he uh, pulled them off the trail. Basically, he lured them off the trail by asking for their help. Uh, and that was him saying, guys, down the hill, this is where we're going, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And so I thought these two were just bright, happy, funny adventurers that, you know, Someone mm -hmm. asked for help and they went to help him. It just didn't even strike right. them that they were in danger until they went. Right. You know, until they went with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that's most definitely what happened. But an interesting twist to this is the reason they have that recording and the reason they have that still photo is because Libby recorded some video on her phone. Okay. Now, here's the thing about that. It's never been released. The police will not release it. They're holding it for um, evidence mm -hmm. for the trial, they say. Hopefully, someday <laughs> there will be one. Right. Um, now, so they say that there's there's more video. There's more, um, there's more of it. 
Mm-hmm. And so they've just pulled a small part of it out. What they were hoping to do was that someone might recognize the person's voice. Although I got to say the recording was really poor and mm. it's hard to do that. And the picture is very hard as well because they're not really looking up, you know, not really seeing mm-hmm. their face. But there's a lot of, I, I'm curious, what's your read on why did Libby record this or was it intentional to record him or, you know, what, what was going on that, that she actually got some recording on her cell phone? Do you think? I don't think it was out of suspicion. I feel like she was recording. I feel like she was actually recording uh, that they were messing around. That was the first thing I heard from her was we were messing around. Mm -hmm. And I think about 13 and 14 year olds and what they do with their phones, where they vlogging, you know, Mm -hmm. where they, you know, get trying to make a TikTok, you know, or whatever it was called in 2017. But, you know, mm-hmm. th- I feel like they, she started out by just uh, making a video messing around. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she caught some stuff, you know, and, and then I, mm-hmm. I wonder if that recording later turned into something a little bit different, you know. Uh, as, That's uh, what's believing on because mm-hmm. the police didn't haven't released it, that it's believed that, you know, mm-hmm. there's something incriminating on this. Yeah. Recording. I don't feel like it started out to be, I feel like she was messing around with her phone that she took lots of videos, you know, and mm-hmm. then maybe she took lots of things and then deleted them. And, you know, that, that's what kids do, you know, with their phones, right. they video basically everything and then delete most of it because they're waiting to catch something hilarious or weird or whatever, you know? Yeah. And these two are off on a big adventure. You know, on this hike by themselves, yeah. they were off having fun. But yeah, I feel like eventually her the recordings on her phone turned into trying to, yeah, yeah, trying to keep a record of what was actually happening. But I don't think it started that way. Yeah, I I agree. I agree because I think you wouldn't necessarily have time to grab your phone and start videoing if something bad was going right. down. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there was a. Sort of a break in this case in April of 2019. And so the police released some more things. And one of the things they released was a short video of this blue jean and jacketed person walking along the rail bridge and for a little over a second. So they've released another tiny bit. It doesn't show anything more than what the still does. It's just the same person Mm -hmm. um, walking across this bridge. And then um, an updated sketch came out, um, and then oh, then then that's when they released the version of the of the of the uh, audio that we've already heard, where he says "guys" before down the hill. Uh-huh. But for whatever reason, they are very slowly rolling out any of this information. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. So later on, they updated the sketch to show an older man with a goatee and a cap. So they're thinking guys might have indicated more people. Maybe. I think they're also um, releasing a little more of the audio because they want to uh, see if anyone recognizes this person's voice. But again, Mm -hmm. the audio quality is so poor. I just don't know if you would recognize. It just feels like a real power struggle in the police force about how to go about this. I really yeah. feel for their families because I feel like their families are just <sighs> very frustrated at this point because they feel like there's more that could be being done that isn't, you know, and yeah. I know these cases take some time and I get it and, and all of that, but I, I'm with them too, that what I feel like will happen is that there'll be change of guard 
uh, within the the prosecutor's office or the police force, you know, the detectives that are working on this, there'll be a change of guard and the new person in charge is going to decide to release a lot more. Ah, okay. I feel like there's a power struggle right now about what to do. And it's not necessarily the right decision. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I feel like uh, there's a serious amount of frustration within the ranks of those that are actually investigating this case because their hands have been tied quite a lot as well. Mm Mm-hmm by, uh, you know, the the supervisor over this case that feels like this is the right path, but it may not be. Anyway, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of frustration there. There's a lot of uh, lack of trust and uh, real disagreement on how to move forward. Yeah, it seems like it. And, and, you know, this is the only case I think I've ever seen where they don't release the manner of death. Uh, yeah. There's so much stuff that they don't release that might lead someone to, you know, to jog somebody's memory. So mm-hmm. it is strange. It is strange. And and maybe there's a reason that we just don't know. Um, it, it's you know? a real catch 22 because I feel like it is in some, to some capacity, it is a protection to their families. There's some real horror here. And I feel like there's some protection to their families because they, uh, because of what has really happened and they, you know, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It, it, the whole thing is just so beyond terrible. But it I is. also feel like it's kind of double-edged. I mean, there's a few different arguments, right? One of mm-hmm. them, I believe, is that we're kind of protecting the families and the community from the horror that this is. Yeah. The other is that they want to preserve as much of the evidence as possible so that, uh, you know, when they do make an arrest, they can make sure they have the right person. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of torn mm-hmm. on that, you know, but the word that keeps coming up in my head is copycat and that mm-hmm. uh, either these are a copycat from another murder that, that was done well, further ago or that they're trying to protect from a copycat. I wonder if they suspect that this person is a serial killer or a blooming serial killer and mm-hmm. they're trying to give them too much press time, too much airtime, too much attention mm-hmm. to try to, prevent that because that's, uh, you know, getting that attention from the world is something that really fuels serial killers. And I feel like that is a part of the conversation here that we're just not going to give this person as any notoriety that we can avoid. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to roll too much out, uh, just, you know, a a modicum of information so that we can try to help the public to identify them, but we're not going to give them a lot because this is what we think is happening. Mm -hmm. So and that's what I think is is mostly true about why they haven't released more information. I do mm-hmm. think there is an argument there about protecting the families, but you know, I mean, sometimes I I'm led to yeah. two cases that happened in our community. Mm-hmm. Two different cases. Uh, one of them was uh, a store, a little tiny country store. Oh yes, way out in the country that basically just little, you know, the local shopped at. It was just family owned, a, a husband and wife, sweet, wonderful little people. Mm-hmm. It, little, she was tiny. That's why I said that yeah. sweet, wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just down the road from where I, I lived for a while and they were yeah. just gems. And anyway, um, she was shot and killed in cold blood in that store. And it really rocked that community. Nothing like that happens there ever. Yeah. When they caught the perps, they were teenagers who were trying to run away and join a gang. And they had been told that they had to kill somebody first before they could get into said gang. 
And when you first started talking to me about this case, that's the first thing that came up. Not a gang thing. And I know I'll, I'll do a full evaluation later, but this is kind of mm-hmm. the first thing. Not exactly a gang thing, but kind of a, a rite of passage thing. Mm-hmm. So there okay. is that. But the other case that came up for me was something that happened here in my town quite a few years ago. Some, some people mm-hmm. that we knew um, in the middle of the night, a home exploded, mm-hmm. like yes. exploded. And there was a young couple and or a couple and their young son. He was five or six mm-hmm. in the home at the time. And initially it was ruled that it was a, a gas leak and uh, they were <clears throat> buried and a few months later, those bodies were exhumed because there were a lot of questions about what actually happened there because there was so much heat in that fire that the uh, the fire marshal really didn't think that a propane or a yeah, natural gas or a propane, it would have been propane where they lived, mm-hmm. explosion could have possibly caused the fireball that became that home. Mm-hmm. And they did eventually discover uh, bullet holes, a gun, uh, mm-hmm. you know, possible accelerants, but... That case was very quietly swept away and put to bed Yes, out of uh, respect for the families in this community who it was their son, another family's daughter, and then the grandchild. And that Mm -hmm. case really, truly is unsolved, at least to the public eye, because they were protecting the families rather than, you know, being completely transparent. That comes up for me, and and I I apologize for, you know, bringing up old cases, except for that I think it gives some light to where my mindset goes, where my own intuitive abilities, you know, kind of start making some connections. So what's the connection to that case? For me, it's that idea that we're not going to sensationalize this too much or give out too much information to, uh, you know, at least in name to protect the families that uh, have to live with this. Not, not the perpetrator, not the perpetrator, but the victim's families and the children that knew these victims and so on and so forth. So I do think Mm -hmm. there is a protection, a protective angle happening here, but Mm -hmm. more than anything, it's the idea of the copycat or creating a copycat and uh, giving steam to a serial killer. But uh, I'll go further, but those are my initial hits. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Well, and I always feel like when you're reading a case, um, other cases will come up that have some similarity. That's Uh part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you some suspects. Now, just know that no one has ever been arrested Mm -hmm. for this case, but we'll talk about the people that the police have looked at. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately, they have exonerated all of these people, but Mm -hmm. I want to hear what you think. So first is is Paul Etter. Um, Paul Etter was considered a person of interest in the murders just last year in 2019. He was wanted for the kidnapping and rape of a 26-year-old woman in Tippecanoe okay. County, so also in Indiana. But he ended up having a standoff with the police where he commits suicide. And that was mm-hmm. in July of 2019. So if he did it, he's gone. <laughs> so we don't know. Uh, Daniel Nations. Okay, so this was a big one. He, this was probably, I think, the first... Their first suspect was Daniel Nations. And Daniel Nations uh, was a registered sex offender from Indiana. Um, He was arrested in Colorado in 2017, um, charged with threatening strangers on a monument trail with a hatchet. So he's Mm -hmm. kind of been known as a bit of a wackadoodle. But he did live in the area Mm -hmm. in Indiana at the time that this happened. Um, His name was Strangers? 
Nations. Daniel Nations. Lee. Okay. Yeah. And the first guy, I need to keep their name straight. Oh, sorry. It was Paul Etter. We have Etter. We have Nations. Okay, go ahead. One of the reasons they were interested in him is because he was threatening people on a trail. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was a sex offender. We've got a pattern a here. Offender. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're certainly looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. He he's no longer considered an active person of interest. They they have ruled mm-hmm. him out. Um, but at the time, there was real question about him. Uh, let's see. Next is Thomas Bruce. So he was formerly a pastor and uh, has been charged with fatally shooting one woman and sexually assaulting two others. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was oh. in. This happened in broad daylight in in November of two thousand eighteen. Uh, so there was some thought about him. Um, he was of similar height to the suspect. They think the suspect is five foot nine to five foot or five foot seven to five foot nine. And during the attack, he was wearing a flat cap and a navy blue jacket. So dressed slightly similarly and similar height. Um, they looked into him um, as a possible, but they really... He's been char- charged with a whole bunch of felonies in St. Louis mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, certainly could, in fact, receive the death penalty for the things he's been charged with. But was mm-hmm. never they really could never make a full connection between him and this case. There were just some mm-hmm. some similarities that made him wonder. Um, and the last is Charles Eldridge. Uh, he was arrested in January 2019 in Union City, Indiana. He was, uh, that, that was on charges of child molestation and child solicitation. So another sex offender, of course. It does make me question if the, this, if the murders had a sexual element. We don't know. They but did. because they're yeah. looking at sex offenders, it does make you wonder. Mm-hmm. Um. He re- resembles a bit the composite um, drawing, the sketch, and so that was why they were interested in him. But again, he has not been arrested. No one has. So those are the four persons of interest that the police have looked at. Um, and now this case is, I, it's not closed. It is still mm-hmm. active. And, you know, like just last year, you know, they released a little bit more video. They released a little bit more audio. They're obviously mm-hmm. still working it, but they oh, clearly yeah. do not have enough, at least to make an arrest in this case. Um, yeah. There's really no indication that they actually know who did it. And it doesn't mean they don't, because we know mm-hmm. that the police are going to hold on to something like that pretty tightly until they're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's very possible that they do have a suspect, but at this point, publicly nothing is indicating um who they think did this so okay that's the story let's okay. hear your on it okay <sighs> all right <laughs> yeah it's a big one it's, it's heavy it's a big one all right i want to do a couple of things let's talk about the suspects first i don't okay. believe it was any of them okay I mean, all four terrible humans, you know, that Mm -hmm. holy shit, you know, but it wasn't any of them. I will tell you when I heard the name of the Bruce, the the pastor that was by the last name of Bruce, Mm -hmm. that absolutely sent shivers down my spine. Ah, yeah. He is just so bad. And they all, I mean, we have, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you got a mix here of just truly straight up evil people. 
really, and some serious mental illness and some addiction. And, you know, they've yeah. kind of covered all uh, all aspects here with these guys, but none right. of them are the right guy. <clears throat> what I'm hearing is that they're, the person who did this is younger than they think. You know, they did address that. That was interesting. They addressed it in the original composite sketch. Looks like a fairly young person. That's mm-hmm. why they added the goatee and the hat when they when they updated the composite sketch. Because mm-hmm. they said that they believe that this person is somewhere between 18 and 40. And they didn't want mm-hmm. the sketch to appear too young to give people the impression. But it, mm-hmm. obviously, the age range is pretty broad in where what That's, this means. Yeah. I'm leaning a lot closer to the 18 to 20 range. Are you? I okay. think he was fairly young. The girls looked at him like a brother figure, mm-hmm. not as a dad figure. I mean, mm-hmm. these girls were 13 and 14, you know? Right. I mean, a dad for them could be not that old, you right. know? 30, but they you know? resonated with him as more of a brother or an older cousin kind of figure. I think the okay. 18 to 20 range is a lot more accurate. Okay. Um, there's a few things that come up for me, and I but I really want to channel one of the girls. Uh, okay, let's. let's do I don't want to leave that out, and I don't know if I should lay out what I know what I'm here. Well, let's do that first. I'm okay. Honestly, not quite sure what the right order to go is, but maybe it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. So let me connect. All right, I'm going to connect to Abby. She's the one that's coming up. Okay. She says it was just a stupid thing. Okay. We were playing around, having fun. And this guy, he comes up and he says he needs our help. He told us someone was hurt. Oh, okay. He said it will just take a minute, but can you guys just help me for a minute? And we went. Okay. Earlier, I said that I felt like both of the girls, you know, were cool and trusted him. She Mm -hmm. says that's not, that's not true. She did. She said, I didn't feel like anything was wrong. Libby was a little more hesitant, but because I went, she went too. Gotcha. Okay. The injuries that I see that she's showing me, Mm -hmm. when I first uh, tuned into her, I had a smashing headache. Okay. I also see some kind of a, maybe a hammer or a sledgehammer or something like that. Okay. I actually feel like both girls had a blunt force trauma wound to the head. I feel like that's how he initially knocked them out. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, got uh, control over them. That's what she's showing me. Okay. I feel like he, he, she got there first. He kind of ran down the trail in head of them or down the hill and was like, you know, was kind of calling to them, please hurry, please hurry just a little further. And they were both, uh, Kind of trying to keep up with him. And that's how I feel like he took her by surprise and knocked her down. And. But I feel like Libby maybe tried to get away or tried to help her. But it was a similar. Mm-hmm. 
kind of injury. Okay. And that's where she kind of, that's where she's, well, she's showing me a few more things. He, so here's the things she's showing me. Okay. I kind of hate to even say these things, but he did sexually assault both girls uh, in multiple manners. Okay. I also feel like there are carvings on their bodies. Okay. This was some kind of a ritualistic thing. And I don't say that lightly because I, lots of things get pinned on ritualistic things that aren't. But mm-hmm. I feel like this person had been studying. I keep seeing symbols. And I don't want to make the connection between. Well, it's not a connection. I keep seeing symbols, not a swastika, mm-hmm. but something that kind of looks like that. Okay. I feel like this person was in some chat rooms online where there were some really dark people talking about really dark things. Okay. This was a claiming or a harvesting of souls. Oh, wow. Okay. They had to be girls and they had to be around this age. This was taking... Uh, taking from virgins, basically. Mm. I don't know if I have that terminology completely correct, but basically they had to be young teens. I'm going to tell you this. Mm. When the girls were incapacitated, I feel like they both came out of their bodies really quickly. I feel like they were... Mm really shielded and protected from what happened to their bodies. Mm-hmm. It's good. She doesn't have a lot of information for me. Good. Good. Which really indicates to me that she doesn't know that much. Mm-hmm. She can really just show me what happened. What I'm seeing isn't really coming from her, I don't think, as far as like how they died. Okay. Okay. But I do feel like they both died from head wounds or from blunt. They, yeah. Okay. From from trauma, from being hit. That there is blood. There is blood. He. There was carving on their bodies. Oh Jesus! This is so awful. Yeah. Um. I wonder if there was a stream or if he had some water to wash up because I don't feel like he walked out of there with any blood on him at all. Yeah. This happened about 50 yards from Deer Creek. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because he walked out of there with no blood on him at all. But I will tell you this. I think that there are pictures. I think that he uh, maybe actually shared these somewhere online. He was gaining something. He was earning some kind of, uh, prestige or -hmm. something along those lines. Uh, And I do think that there is the evidence of these killings is on the internet somewhere. Wow. Uh, The girls are okay. 
you know, the girls are okay. Mm-hmm. I I feel like their angels, guides, you know, ancestors really shielded them from the horror of what really happened to their bodies. Mm-hmm. I feel like part of now after seeing that, I feel like part of not releasing too much is because of those symbols and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure that shit out before this right. does become a serial killer. You know, I, uh, I will say, I don't think he's done this again. Okay. I'm not saying that he won't because whatever he's involved in here, I mean, there's definitely an angle here of uh, mental unwellness, you know, but Mm -hmm. also I feel like he, this is someone I will say who is, was seriously lacking in father figures Mm -hmm. who found someone, some group, something online that has steered him and affected him in ways that maybe other people wouldn't fall so deeply into that there is a serious need here to please mm-hmm. and to uh well to please to to please and to receive some kind of uh praise you know yeah to to do a job well done you know wow yeah yep uh i don't think he lives in the area okay I feel like he uh, he traveled around for a while looking for the exact right opportunity for this. Mm-hmm. I feel like he had been in multiple places. I also feel like he had tried to lure some children away a couple of times on other trails in other areas and was unsuccessful. So um, that could be a clue, you know. Yeah. But I feel like he had tried before and, and couldn't get anybody, couldn't get takers, you know. Mm-hmm. And this time he did not on that trail, though. I feel like it was in other areas. I feel like his uh, span might have been at least around that state, but maybe in another state as well, where he had been scoping this out and planning it for quite some time, you know, mm-hmm. and that basically he had his. Uh, see, I don't think he had a lot. Like I said, I think he had some kind of a hammer, Mm-hmm. Like it's not a sledgehammer that has like the really long handle, a short sledgehammer. So you kind of have the big, you know, iron head thing on it and a fairly short handle. That is what I feel like his weapon was. He had a knife on his belt and that was it. Okay. So I don't feel like he had a lot of uh, tools, you know. Mm-hmm. Pretty confident, don't you think, in a public place during the day? Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, a place that was frequented by other people because someone else saw him there. Mm-hmm. I think that was a part of the uh, challenge, though, you know, mm-hmm. to that this was supposed to be done in daylight. This was supposed right. to be done, you know. But, you know, wherever he managed to, the spot that he managed to lure these girls to was private enough that he was able to commit his crime. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it didn't, it wasn't instant. I feel like he... This was an hour at least that he, you know, worked mm-hmm. on them, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my take. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that. That's a, we're, we're ending on a pretty somber note, but I, I feel like yeah. it's, it's powerful to get that kind of connection with someone who's crossed over mm-hmm. to get, an, you know, because we know so little about this case mm-hmm. to get some more details. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and you know what? I guess what we do do is we send all of the best to the detectives yeah, and uh, to 
everyone that's working on this case that that some connections can be made and that a real arrest will be made in this case. Mm. Uh, the 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 girls didn't seem to know or care if there would be an arrest made. I, that's pretty common, actually, of people who yeah. died. But I did ask if they thought that there was, uh, you know, that there would be an arrest in this case and there was a real shrug. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To them, it doesn't really matter. This is more of a our reality kind of problem. Yeah. If he strikes again, it will be very different circumstances. This is not going to be a serial killer who does everything the same way. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that's uh, uncommon of serial killers. But remember that this guy is taking marching orders. You right. know, And so he's kind of passing off levels. And so it mm-hmm. will be in a different place. It will be a different situation, mm-hmm. though I do suspect that sex crimes will always be associated. Gotcha. Ugh. Okay, people of the, you know, knowledgeable of the dark web, help us find this. Well, there's some kind of a building of power up through the sex crimes, but also through the ages, the, uh, like in this case, virgins. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's something to be said here about what they're trying to or what he's, or whoever this group is, whatever they're trying to build or gather, you know, there's an idea of a gathering of power through the kinds of crimes that are committed. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Holy Christ. Wow. Sometimes it's a shocker um, how depraved human beings can be. Yeah. Yeah. Even, and in this case, this person, yeah, he'll, he's going to do whatever he's instructed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's really no, proved that no remorse. No, I mean, obviously, this is was mm-hmm. a very confident mm-hmm. situation to have done something like that mm-hmm. in daylight in a public place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that that's has struck me all along. The first time I ever learned about this case was the the confidence that it must take to do what he did, and yeah. to get away with it to the this point to even have video of this person and still. Mm-hmm. No arrest is, mm-hmm. yeah. But pretty wild. he came from a ways away. Yeah, he's not from that area. Nobody around there would have known him or had any idea who he was. No, you know. I also am guessing he's kind of a mama's basement dweller. You mm-hmm. know that he's not somebody. He's a real introvert. That I would imagine a lot of people, very few people, actually know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're definitely going to keep an eye on this case, but thank you very much for that. That was very powerful. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, (laughs) we just want to remind you that we are on Patreon. And when you go to Patreon, uh, there's extra content there. So if you like the work that we're doing and you want to hear some more of our content, you can do that by becoming a patron, finding True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters at Patreon. And we have all, we will be providing or have already provided uh, The Bell Witch, um, mm-hmm. The uh, Mysterious Death of Henry McCabe. And mm-hmm. the uh, one, and we're going to do this again, but um, we did mm-hmm. a celebrity death roulette where I gave a cold Uh read on 11 cases and that was really a lot of fun. And so we're going to keep doing those. And so if you want to get our extra content, that's how you do it. You go over to Patreon and you know, the reason that we do this show is because we believe in justice. We believe Uh in finding the truth. We believe in, 
you know, people being caught and, and held accountable for the things that they have done. And that's why we cover the cases that mm-hmm. we do and particularly why we cover cases of children that we do. Um, it's not just to sensationalize anything, but it is to help, you know, yeah. maybe somebody will see this podcast that and see those pictures and hear that recording and maybe they'll be the person who knows who that person is, you know, you, you yeah. never know. And so getting cases like this out as far and as wide as possible is a really important part of what we do. And we believe mm-hmm. in it very much. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's our honor, really, to be mm-hmm. able to work on cases like this. You know, and we know we watch we, we watch your comments. We know some of you will really resonate with what we say. Some of you will hate us a lot. And that's OK. You don't it's have okay. to agree. No, it's all know. right. You know, all information helps. And. Yep. That that's where we're at, and so you know, if you if you're commenting because you do or you don't, it's okay. We're completely okay with constructive anything because yep. truly, nobody has to be right all the time, and it's mm. okay. And and this is why I think a lot of times people that have information, whether it's coming from a a very literal source or from a psychic source hold back is because they're afraid of judgment. You know, they're afraid of what if I'm not right or completely right. And that's okay. You yeah. know, there are often I mean, lots of pieces to a puzzle. And well, you ask a witness, right. Well, you ask a witness of any event or crime and you, you put 10 witnesses in separate rooms and sit them down and take their, uh, you know, candor of events. And guess what? Every one of them is going to be different mm-hmm. because it's coming through their lens. But yeah. there's but also those pieces some- together. Mm-hmm. There's also some truth to that. There is some light at the end of the tunnel with that, right? Yeah, it's the puzzle mm-hmm. pieces. So, you know, let us know. And, and if you disagree with this, that's cool. If you do, that's cool. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're okay with that. This is about, it's not about us, you know? No, not at all. It is certainly about getting this story out, you yeah. know, and getting justice for Abby and Libby, yeah. uh, just like it is in every other case that we cover. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us here on True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. We'll be back next week with a new story. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.